This episode is the second part of a conversation with Lisa Cologne. So I encourage you, if you have not listened to the first part, that you go back to listen to episode 78. Hello and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. Um, And if you have been here before with me, welcome back to our community. This is a place where I strive to help women and men that are experiencing struggles with infertility loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy and we also I want to help you with the heavy grief that are associated with those. I create space here for stories to be shared and connections to happen. Your happiness is very important to me and it is also important to me that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do me a couple things. I would love for you to first connect with me on social media, both on Instagram and Facebook. I am at Living After Grief and also at Women Connect and Support. We share different information and resources on both of those platforms, so connect on both. Again, Living After Grief and the other one is Women Connect and Support, both Instagram and Facebook. And then next, I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions on the podcast. You can do one of two things, um, different things to get in contact with me. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook. We'll definitely see it there. Or you can go to my website at livingaftergrief.com and click on the link to schedule a time to talk. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear feedback and suggestions that you may have for the podcast. And I would love to allow you to share your story. And if you have had a loss, I would love to hear about your baby. Hey, I would like to share with you really quick before we get into the episode for today that as a grief coach, I work with clients that are experiencing struggles with infertility, early or late miscarriages, stillbirths, or infant loss. After such profound loss, a woman desires to feel whole again for her family, friends, and most of all, for herself. To experience grief in a healthy way, one has to learn how to navigate through it. It takes time to learn how to live in the new normal. A coach like myself can help you in ways loved ones may not be able to. I am here to walk alongside you to find the hope, laughter, and joy in your life again without the blame and the guilt. I have a better understanding of grief and the necessary mixture of human emotions that come with it and push through to engage in life again 
so you can so I can help you navigate through those triggers that are keeping you locked inside physically and emotionally. Life can and will be good again. So if you would like to set up a time with me, I would love to talk to you. Just click the link on my website at www.livingaftergrief.com to schedule a time to talk over the phone. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Um, in processing all that and talking about all that, um, we've had a few circumstances where dear friends have lost, not um, recently one was much younger, but have lost their children. And so they're walking this entire grief process. And I feel like because of the things that, like I always tell people, I don't have the memories of her with us, but it's just a lifelong journey. You always yearn for that time with them. Yeah. You always think of how they would be there. And even if it's, like I said, 18 years ago, some people might be like it's 18 years ago, but I feel like it's allowed me to have um, empathy at a mm. greater level with other mothers because I can't even imagine the boys that I've had 14 and 19 years and losing that, but I know what it is to have lost Gracie. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I know it's a lifelong journey for them. And so we've had very candid conversations at times. And um, one of them said to me, I just love it when people say his name. Yeah. And I think we have to remember that. So, you know, if it's my story of 23 and a half months or her story, you know, at a certain age or, you know, dear friends who lost their son at, you know, almost term, like no matter what that story is or it is the infertility process. I mean, I had a great friend of mine who I lost Gracie. She had her, I had Roe, um, we lost Gracie. I had my youngest, and then she had her oldest. But before that, she had an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. And I remember her calling me and going, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you. Mm. Because I didn't understand in, mm. in the magnitude of what you were going through. Yeah. No, I was just, I just think that, you know, one, um, and you think it helps to talk and make it, it it's not it's not this topic that, that I just feel like, especially other women, we're not alone in this process. Um, mm. I, I remember when I had to share with people because I, I lost Gracie. I quit my job because I didn't want to deal with people asking me about Gracie. Mm. Um, I didn't want to face that, so I quit that job, and in that process, I came home from the hospital and had a phone call for a phone interview. Like, who does this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, I, I got on a phone interview two days later because I quit my job, and, you know, definitely at that time in my life, I was not just financially could not have a job, um, and I remember getting on the phone, and then within, I don't know, three weeks, I was headed on an airplane to Dallas to do training for nine weeks. Um, 
so grieving didn't always happen there. You know, you're just like going through the flow of life. Yeah. But then as the years continued, um, that's when you really feel it differently. And I know that's my journey, but it doesn't take away someone else who literally can't get out of the bed for yeah. six either because that's clearly their journey, their process, their makeup of who they are. And I would totally, I love that you shared all that and, and you said it beautifully. And, and that's true that everyone's journey is different and everyone grieves differently. Mm-hmm. And too, you, you had a son to care for at home. Yes. And um, so to be in bed, um, for any length of time, was probably almost impossible for you to do because right. he needed to be cared for. Right. Um, but there, I mean, it does happen when there's a child to be cared for that women, you know, struggle with with getting out of bed and the grief is and the morning is so intense. But right. everyone, everyone's grief process is different from someone else, even if both lost someone lost a child at 23 and a half, you know, weeks. Yeah. Their, their grief is going to be different. You know, yeah. um, I love that you guys talk about her. I think that is so important. Mm-hmm. And I just want to reiterate what you said about your friend, like saying their name is so important to moms that have lost a child to say that child's name. Yeah. And and even if it's, you know, someone, you know, talking to you and saying, you know, what color dress do you think Gracie would wear this year to the prom? Yes. That just feels good to a mom that has lost, that someone remembers yeah. um, their child. Um, yeah. Because they're, the moms are going through so much. The grief is there. It's always there. And for someone to remember, you know, that child is just so important. So, so important. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Where all did you find support? I mean, you talked about the grief and and it sounds like you you moved through it at the beginning very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But the grief definitely from talking to you, from listening and hearing that it resurfaces, you know? Yeah. And it has continuing to resurface. So where do you find support? Where did you find support early on? And do you still at times feel um, that that heaviness that you need support? Again, is it just friends? You know, it's probably changed throughout the last 18 years. But where was support found? Yeah. I mean, I think originally, I'm sure they gave us resources and things like that, but I really Mm -hmm. feel there was more, I don't think I consciously knew that I just didn't grieve. I think it was Mm. just kind of, okay, we have to move on to the next thing um, and we have to, you know, keep going in life. And, and so, you know, I had to get a job and I had to leave town for nine weeks. And then, you know, here I was thrown into this and, she was um, she was delivered in March of 2004, and that September 
my husband went to drill and found out that he was leaving in a month go to Kuwait for his first deployment. So honestly, um, I did have Rolando. He was an awesome, uh, awesome little guy. I went into a new job, and then my husband left for the first time and deployed to um, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And so imagine that was 2004. So we did not have a WhatsApp. We did not have a smartphone. We didn't have the things that we have today. So we mm-hmm. had a phone card and we had email. And so I just think there was not really a time to process any of it. Ooh, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was different. And he ended up extending there multiple times. Um, and he stayed longer than we ever thought he would. And so we made a decision to move um, at some point in time. And so we moved to Collinsville in 2006, and he was home for two weeks. And in those two weeks, I got pregnant again. <laughs> so, so it was kind very, of like, very fertile. <laughs> very fertile. So I'm thankful. You know, I, I, I am thankful for that. But I always tell people, like, especially when people get pregnant for the first time, because I had – I remember standing in a hallway sometime and they said, I don't even know why the nurses and doctors are here. All they do is catch a baby anyway. And I thought, dear Jesus, mm. if for doctors and what they do, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have my oldest and I probably wouldn't have my, my, my third, like his umbilical cord. It was not wrapped around him, but it was in a knot. So when it was like, do you, how do you want to approach this one? But I just, I always am like, I do not want to tell anyone what my story has been because none of them have been normal pregnancies except for yeah. the last. And, and so that's so scary because when you're young, you go in thinking like everything is going to be good and you just, you know, you get married and you just have kids and that's just what life is. And the reality is a lot of things can happen and, and so many people are, they just have no idea. They have no idea how that journey can be awesome or it can be tough. And for me, you know, for people who have experienced child loss or getting pregnant early on, I haven't been through that process. But any time that someone gets pregnant and they're close to me, I, like, just so badly cannot wait for them to deliver that baby. Mm. My experience wasn't making sure I could, you know, have, you know, go through an in vitro. That's not my process. My process was not, you know, losing children before that first semester. Mine was like five and a half months. So my fear is so different because I I just want them to get there. I just want them to get to the end. I just want them to birth that baby. (laughs) In words, um, it's just, it's so, it's so different. Like that, that's, for me. And and so all of us are so very different in how, you know, we even experienced that. And I was going somewhere else with that, but I don't remember where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, I think you're exactly right that I don't, I think we, as we're young, we're just not um, thinking about what could happen. Right. And naive is what's coming. You're just very naive to what possibly could happen. And it's probably good that we're kind of naive and that we're not worrying about 
all of those things, but those women, after they've experienced mm-hmm. something like you have, then that next pregnancy, which we didn't even talk about um, really in depth, that the the worry, the anxiety, like everything I'm sure that you experienced through that pregnancy after was, I would guess, especially at times, at 23 mm-hmm. and a half Mm-hmm. weeks were were stressful it was, there was a lot of anxiety and yeah yeah and I would say you know so after and we didn't and I, I feel like I'm talking so much but after we had Gracie um, they said we probably should have some blood work done because they saw that her her cord was clotted but they didn't have an answer and she they said she had a slight infection in her lung we still don't know what that was, mm. but when we did the blood work, um, we found that I had this MTHFR gene mutation. Mm-hmm. And so what that is is related to homocysteine levels. Well, it regulates homocysteine levels in your blood. Um, and this is not super medical terminology here, so someone could say it's slightly different than that, but this is my understanding of it. Those homocysteine levels are regulated by folic acid and B12 vitamins. And I am a heterozygous, so I just have one chromosome that has this mutation. And so my body essentially does not absorb that as well as it should. And so what happens, mm. it values is not absorbed in those homocysteine levels that regulate clotting to some degree, if those levels go too high, it can cause blood clotting that normally wouldn't occur. Okay. So all they told me was um, you have this, your homocysteine levels are high. That's what they told me on the blood work. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And they're like, nah, you probably need to see a specialist at some point. So, Okay, well, then life happens. Go, 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 go in life. And my husband's gone most of the time. Do the house hunting, you know, a year and a half, two years later. And I get pregnant, and I freaked out. I could imagine, yeah. You know, and he was only home for two weeks. So we moved into a new house in a brand-new town, Um, 25 minutes. My parents lived in South City, and my sisters lived over there. So 25 minutes, brand-new town, really knew one or two people here. And now I'm pregnant, and I never mm. went to a specialist. So now what? <laughs> so mm. the office, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I had, um, I worked for AT&T Yellow Pages, and there were four women on my floor that all went to the same OBGYN at St. Luke's Hospital. Um, his name is Dr. Daniel Wagner, by the way, and I will. I'm not being paid for this, but obstetrical <laughs> associate. He is amazing, and I love him. And um, they said, you have to get in to see him. So I called, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to schedule a visit for, like, I don't know, eight or nine weeks. So I was like, no, 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 no. I'm pregnant, and I lost my last baby at five and a half months, and I, I need to see him. Like, I need to know what's happening. And mm-hmm. so I went, and... He said to me, tell me clearly you've had, you have a son, so tell me what happened in that pregnancy. And I remember telling him about, um, you know, my pregnancy with him. And, and I said, and then he had a two-vessel cord and, you know, his, um, I guess it was his heart rate was 
too fast, or his his heart rate was dropping. That was the problem. And so they, they did this hand meconium, and I remember he dropped his pencil. Like, he dropped his pencil. Mm. And he goes, Lisa, you know, did you have contractions? And at that point in time, because of Gracie and having contractions for, like, labor, like, real contractions, I'm like, I actually think I contracted the whole time. He said, you had constriction in your body the whole time. And he said, probably you were 10 minutes from losing that baby. Mm. So then you're like, well, he is such a gift. And so then I told him. And so he said, okay, well, we're going to do a blood panel, and my homocysteine levels were high. And so he said, well, this is, this is what I think happened, and this is why you had the two-vessel cord, and this likely because things were not right, and that's what caused the issue again in your umbilical cord. So this is what we're going to do. You're going to take your prenatal vitamin, which seems so simple. You're going to take three folic acid pills every day mm-hmm. through this pregnancy. And I said, okay. (laughs) And so, honestly, that's what I did, which is such a simple solution, um, but I didn't know the problem. Right. I I didn't know. And and yet when I say that, like, God also has destiny. So, like, I don't feel guilty, like, I did something wrong and my daughter's not here. I didn't know, and God knows from the foundations of the earth what's happening, in my opinion. Like, not in my Mm -hmm. opinion, that's the view that I see in life. And so that's what, that's what we did. But yes, there were, there was a lot of anxiety. And I think I went to the hospital twice um, because I was afraid that Yadi wasn't kicking properly. Um, But he usually responded to peanut butter cups. (laughs) 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 I don't know, the chocolate sugar, something, but you know, like if I would be nervous, you know, I'd be like, okay, get my peanut butter. <laughs> and then I would feel comfortable that he kicked. And I, I remember all my mom, I was like, I just don't know if he's kicking. And I even feel like that was 2007. But, I mean, people have monitors and all this stuff now. Like, I didn't they have. And I didn't use those. But I just, one particular time, I think I did it twice. I you had a, wait you had a monitor with peanut butter <laughs> but I could not get him to respond and I said mom I think I'm just going to go to the hospital because I, I just you know like and I would just I would pray over him um, and people something that I did and something I would encourage everybody if they have that anxiety walking through is I would pray scripture um, because what I understand is that when you pray the word of God, like there is no place for the devil to even like invade that space. Like this is the word over my child. And so every time I would get fearful with Yadi, I would pray, no weapon formed against this baby shall prosper in Jesus' name. And I would just mm. say that all the time with Yadi because, you know, it, it is it is scary. And I I remember going in and they put the monitor in, and I'm telling you, he kicked so hard. <laughs> he's good. They're like, actually, yep, he's good, but let's go ahead and keep you for just about an hour. Let's just make sure we're okay. But as soon as they put that across, I mean, he kicked, like, my whole belly just shifted. You know, we're like, okay, he's definitely kicking. <laughs> oh, wow. But um, <laughs> it is, you know, I hadn't thought about the, the stress. I just hadn't thought about that in a long time, but yeah, it it is different when you have 
kind of healthy pregnancy but don't really know what's happening and then to have a loss at five and a half months and then now we're pregnant again um mm-hmm. and my husband wasn't home during the uh, like got pregnant he came home for the delivery um he was home for three weeks and then he was not home permanently for another 15 months so oh, now, girl. when i think about like the timeline of truly processing gracie because i I would say that the day that I was ironing, I'm thinking the kids were, I think Little Row was probably six or seven, which actually makes a little sense looking back now, just talking through Mm -hmm. this, because we didn't get home until 15 months. So I worked a full-time job. You know, I lived in this community. I had a little guy who started his little you know, sports stuff at three years old. And honestly, 15 months was survivorship, <laughs> survival mode, yeah. you know, because Yachty was Yachty was not that, you know, just um, happy baby. He was, like, either really happy or, like, not happy at all. Um, <laughs> he was, he was you not, knew how he felt, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, we still do. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So now, like, looking back, it kind of makes sense that you, that, that, that kind of, for, that I remember, like, really, really just going, this would be so different. Um, like, to me, that is what has been kind of my grief process. Um, well, and it sounds like almost like you had, you had some grief, but then you had delayed grief that came later. Yeah, you know when you had time to yeah. almost process it a little more, and yeah. and totally understandable. Like you know, so much going on during that mm-hmm. time, you yeah. know, and you're a single mom, yeah. you know, and any single moms know exactly. Even if you're not a single mom, you know what moms do. They're just yeah always in motion and busy when there's children around babies so yeah it sounds like you kind of delayed that a little bit and then it was like oh yeah I think it was like a recognized loss Mm. like you know what I mean yeah because I did have Roe and then all that was happening and then I had Yachty and yeah it was just Definitely some portion of grief at the very beginning, but not really. I mean, I remember being at training, and I'd be like, she'd be six weeks old today. I've always Mm -hmm. talked about how old she would be. Um, And I've always had an ornament for her. You know, like there are things that we've had. um, But, you know, in terms of, I know you asked about resources. I I, support. Where was the support? I think... um, I think, again, just being who I am and talking about it frequently, but I do remember after one of my dear friends did lose her son and there was a movie that came out, which um, it was a little boy who went to heaven, as he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember him talking about, sharing about the pregnancy that she had, but the little boy did not know about it. And when he got to heaven, mm. uh, he recognized his sister, like he was able to tell his mom about that. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And I just feel like there have been just things and pieces like that that have come along. I've never, like, read a full book on grief. Um, I know many, many 
um, dear friends and family that have really processed in that space. I have I've never done that, but um, that movie still stands out and brought that so mm. to life for me. And I just think there was that kind of that several years of time where it was just um, just always feeling that in a different place. And now she would be older. So now I feel like we would have that friendship thing going. Um, mm-hmm. So even that just has shifted in, in how that process goes. But I, I think even like I have dear friends who, you know, when I share some of the things, you know, like with the birthday cake or things like that, and they'll just, Sometimes they're in awe that I, they may have even been the first person who said, I love how you honor her. And I think we do try to do that. You know, we make sure we spend time and, you know, we do go to the grave side. Not, not frequently. I try to go to mother, on Mother's Day and I try to go at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two days that, you know, I, I feel like she's in heaven and I know the grave side is just the grave side, but we we have a great side there for her. And so on Mother's Day, I always try to take something for her. And then we've kind of started this in the past few years where we do a grave blanket. And then when Roe was home this year, because he's not always home. He literally is not always <laughs> um, But he came with an extra, he came with five roses, which I thought was so precious. And then he goes, well, I have extra roses to give my daughter. And I'm like, oh, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Because he grieves too. Um, yeah, that it, and when you when you said that, I'm like, I wonder how he grieved all of that. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know, but different yeah. times, you know, stuff comes out, or he, you know, he called me one day. He was at a softball tournament somewhere. Um, he's definitely very. Um, He's very drawn to like the ba- like the little the baby girls, you know, when your friends or family, you know, mm. um, have baby girls. He's so drawn to them. I'm like, oh, that's so precious. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we we try to do our best, and I I've used that blanket. Um, I use it all the time. We actually had a neighbor who um, she was pregnant, and she they knew that the baby had some complications and they did not know if they were going to make it to full term they yeah. were that they may not. And so I went and got, I made her a blanket and took it to her. And I said, this is for you because I know for our family, this is now a gift to us that she's like, we feel like Gracie can be a part of, you know, a big tournament. Or when we took my son to college, we still took the Gracie blanket with us. Like, we we do that. And it always just, you know, it's just a part of, of her being a part of us in, like, this, this small way that other people may not even relate to that. But for us, that's our Gracie blanket. And I said, you know, over these next few months, and we don't know what the journey w- was going to be for her, I said, use this blanket, snuggle with this blanket, you know, do all the things um, because then you'll always have this. And Mm -hmm. if you have other children and, you know, like this will always be your daughter's blanket. And so um, she did that and she still has that blanket too because it's such a comforting thing. It's just comforting. So, so yeah. I love love that you shared that. That's, 
just so um, so way to remember her, but mm-hmm. the comfort that goes along with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I and I think everyone has to find that whatever whatever it is for them, um, that comfort. Um, and I think what you're doing with the blanket, I, I just love that. You know that Gracie goes with you, mm-hmm. and you and you know that her memory, yes, and and her spirit go with you everywhere you go. Yeah, and the blanket is the symbol of that, and and I love that. Yeah, that yeah. that she's always because she is always with you. Mm-hmm. Um, through everything that you do. And so I love how you shared that for those, for the listeners, especially that they, you know, another idea, you know, there could be someone listening that they have a neighbor that's going through, you know, difficult pregnancy or just went through a loss and to be able to do the same thing for them. It's just a simple little thing, you know, when you think about it, that's so big. So huge, you know, yeah. the comfort that it can bring. So I love that you share that. Yeah. For sure. And I think you are, gosh, just such an amazing, strong woman who have endured really all of that. But I think a lot of that is, this is coming from my heart and just listening to your whole, kind of your story today. And, and there's probably many, many parts to it and many, many um, instances and scenarios, um, but a, a woman of faith, strong faith, mm-hmm. you know, that that um, I think has really helped you through all of that. And yep. it is hard for me to understand anyone that goes through something like this, or infertility and, and, and loss, any of those, those things. Um, that faith is so important, so important. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it's like um, they don't see that because they're angry and upset, you know, with God. And it's totally understandable. And, yeah. and, God, can, and, God, and God handles that, you know, and helps yeah. you. So. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know how people can do without it. And, you know, I still go, you know, when – when he gave me that favor of God and I felt like I was giving birth to the favor of God in my life, that was something that I feel like sustained me through that mm-hmm. next day because, you know, uh, it was just, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing um, mm-hmm. to to go through, but I feel like for sure he gave me that. And yeah, I have, I was raised in the church and my parents were pastors and, but also, you know, you, you go through all these things and you find your faith and that faith continues to grow. Um, but it allows you to give hope to other people and to know, you know, he, he knows the big, big picture. We don't, we don't know why that happened, but we will, you know, we'll always love her. She'll always be mm-hmm. a part of the family. She'll always be our daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and even sometimes when people say, how many kids do you have? You know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to weird them out and say, two boys here and one in heaven when I first meet them. But sometimes that, sometimes I almost feel guilty because I'll say, well, I have two boys. Because in, for me, I have a daughter, you know. 
Um, and I don't know how other people manage that either because you, we carried her five and a half months, but still I'm like, I went through labor and delivery and she, she's so my daughter, not because someone, yeah. but it, to me, sometimes it's like, how do I answer that question? You know? Yeah. And, and we've had that question before and, and it's really, you know, a personal preference. And I think sometimes from what women have said to me, it really depends on who's asking. Yeah. You know, if they want to share the story. You yeah, know, if they're comfortable with sharing the story, yeah, and and if they're not, then you know it's two boys, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. It, right. If it's someone that they're comfortable with and and they want to share that story, yeah, then they then they say that's different. You know, if I have three three children, you know, right. two here on two two here on earth and one in heaven, you know, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a personal preference for sure. But there are definitely uh, women have definitely said it depends on who's asking, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's is- a common thing. I mean, people always ask you as soon as they meet you, you know, are you married? Do you have children? Like those are like some of the, where, where do you, where'd you go to school? Like, where do you live? Mm-hmm. Like those are the first, like within the first five questions, a lot yeah. of times or 10 questions, do you have children? So um, I think women, need to be prepared for that, especially if they've just had a loss or early in um, in the loss, you know, if they're listening is really just, it's totally up to you how you want to answer that. Mm -hmm. And it's your decision. You don't have to answer it the same way every time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Protect, protect yourself. And, and, you know, if you want to share the whole story, then, share it but if you're not comfortable it's okay it's okay yeah so anything else that you would like to share about your story if not um, we always end with some words of advice or encouragement which you've given some but if you kind of want to summarize a little bit of that any other words of advice or encouragement you'd like to give to the listeners yeah well, I would just say, I think we've talked about honoring Gracie several times, and I would say don't ever think that even if people don't understand things that you do for your children, that it's so, it's it's for you, and it's how mm. you to honor them. And there's not a right, there's not a wrong, and you should be proud of whatever that is. Mm. Um, and know that everybody is not going to understand. They're clearly not going to understand. Um, but at the same time, when you do make decisions to honor them in different ways, which for me is a big thing, um, just, again, because of all these things and real-life things happening, but when you do that, it also allows your friends and your family to come right alongside you and support you in a way that they love to do as well. Because Absolutely. They they want to they want to be a part of that story because she's a part of your family. Mm-hmm. And when they're so dear to you, so um, and I know I shared this with you, and I need to get on the ball <laughs> to make this happen. But um, like Gracie, senior senior year, senior pictures, senior prom, all the things we would still be in the middle of all that chaos right now. And so we want to honor her and I I need to reach out to a resource at the high school to either do like 
full prom, you know, dress, shoes, hair, makeup, because those all are the pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Hair, makeup, nails, actually. <laughs> those are the things. <laughs> and if that's something that they have taken care of or they have a beautiful dress or whatever and they haven't done senior pictures for an awesome young lady, I want to do that for them. Um, because, again, to me that's something like this spring would be madness like last spring was when my son was graduating and there's all the things that come with graduation and what happens next and all that. And so um, when you do things to honor them, one, even if people don't understand, like, because, you know, your daughter, you carried her five and a half months and it's 18 years ago, it doesn't really matter. That's for Mm-mm. you, family. But so many times it really does, one, I think it blesses someone else. And two, you know, some people are going to be really open with their grieving. And some people, it's very close, very personal, very intimate, and they don't have, they may not have the courage to be comfortable with any of that. And so I just pray it's a blessing to someone else to see how others just manage life and their journey because grief, to me, is a lifelong journey. Um, It's literally a lifelong journey, and you want someone to be able to find the beautiful places um, because there's, if anything I've learned for myself and with others, you can have joy and you can have pain that walk in parallel. And mm-hmm. so you you want to help people, um, I want to help people remember her too. Yeah. And you're such a great witness to those two walking together and being in harmony with each other, yeah. the pain and the joy yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I've been thinking about this. So when is Gracie's birthday? You said in March, so that's coming up. Yeah, it is March 10th. Okay. That's 3-10. Yeah, I wanna I wanna put that down so that I can remember her on her birthday as well and think about you guys. Um, well, there so will be. <laughs> there will what? Like I said, there will be a post on Facebook. Okay, I'll, I'll watch for it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to thank you so much for all that that you do to share about Gracie, to share about your journey. Um, you are true, um, truly a strong woman, you know, um, as all women that I've had on the podcast to want to share and help others um, that are haven't chosen this path, yeah. that are, are going down this path. And so I want to thank you again for coming on and sharing all that. I know it was, like you said, your first time that really kind of sharing the whole story and so emotional. But um, I appreciate you so much doing that. It's going to it's going to bless a lot of people and help a lot of people, I believe. Awesome. Well, thank you for what you do because clearly yeah. so much need and and for women to have that have that resource. You are a beautiful resource for them and to um, you know find peace for them as they go through that process. So yeah. well, thank you. You are welcome. Thank you. Wow, what another amazing um, 
woman sharing her story, the loss of Gracie. I very much appreciate you, Lisa, sharing all of that with us. You gave us so many words of advice and encouragement over the last two episodes, so I appreciate you so, so much. And listeners, thank you for joining me again. If it's the first time, glad you found us. So remember, if you have not subscribed yet to the podcast, hit that little subscribe button and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If you listen to this episode, you can understand why you will not want to miss an episode. They are very impactful um, for you and for those that you know. So if you can share a review, that would be amazing so that we can do what we are setting out to do, which is sharing stories to help support and connect all of those that are struggling with infertility or loss. So if you would do a review, that would be so helpful. And like I just said, if we could share this out to other people, so feel free to share this on your social media platforms. Um, You could share it through text, email, whatever works best for you. But what I would appreciate is just sharing it to all those people that you know. We never know if someone close to us, as we have learned, is struggling. So share it to as many people as you can. It would be amazing. And of course, if you can, that would be awesome for you to follow me on Instagram and join me in the communities that we have on Facebook. We have different content on those. So Women Connect and Support and Living After Grief, different content. So connect on both of those so that you can stay in touch with us and I can stay in touch with you. Also, if you have not yet reached out to me to have a conversation, I would love to do that. I am finding more and more from prior um, guests that how impactful it was for them. So healing for them to share their story on the podcast. And I want to do that for you as well. So even if it is not on the podcast, click on my website, schedule a time to share your story with me. I would love to hear your story. I would love to help you heal because we know that when we share our stories, it inspires others and gives them hope on their journey.